Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Fig Nuts podcast. This is season seven, episode number 24. And if you're keeping track at home because you're weird and you want to, this is episode number 299. And my name is Britt. And my name is Craig. Craig, we have survived a divisional round. We sure did. Sure did. Yep. Um, we have survived the, the divisional round, and now we are here to talk about the conference championship block, review the week that was, talk about the week that's upcoming. But first, we got to start where we always start. Craig, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, so tonight, just like last week, I'm still on drugs, so I have seltzer. Like You're regular. Still on the sinus drugs? Yeah, it's two weeks. It's two weeks. Jesus. So it's it's regular flavored seltzer. No vodka. What is it helping? Are you feeling better? Uh, yeah, it generally takes me like till I'm almost done with them to actually feel better. So, oh, I hear it's, that. It's, whenever it's I take anything like, whenever I take anything like an antibiotic, like something that's on a schedule, you know, like oh, you have to take this like for ten days or like five days, something like that. I usually don't feel start to feel any better until like the day before. Yeah. Like if it's a five day <laughs> sequence, it's day four when I start to feel better. If it's a ten day sequence, it's like day nine. Yeah, yeah. So at least at least the prednisone's over with. So antibiotics are almost done. Oh, are you a snacker when you take the prednisone? It makes me very hungry, and I cannot drink coffee when I take it. Like, is that all. is that medically recommended, or it's just a, it's just a Craig thing? Uh, it's just me because the prednisone already makes me feel like amped up. So if I add caffeine to that, it's, oh wow, it I hadn't doesn't of that. feel doesn't feel good. <laughs> okay, well I will do the drinking for both of us tonight. Perfect. I am about to pop open. One of my remaining bottles of Two Roads Holiday Ale. From the depths of my fridge comes the best beer they make. And I even brought a can opener. Brought a church key. Even though, even though it changes every year. This year was a good version, and you could tell it was a good version because it sold out. That's true. Last year, last year Craig was like, eh, it's not very good. My wife was like, eh, it's not very good. And it was on the shelves until February. This year, it freaking ran out, like, what, like, two weeks before Christmas? Yeah, I think so. Around there. It went quick. <clears throat> it went quick this year. So, yeah, I mean, it comes out, It comes out like, the second week of November. So it was only on the market for about six weeks. Hmm. So craziness. Craziness. All right, let's move on. Burning hot takes. Craig, you know, what do you got for me this week? You're going to be given first because uh, I so gave first this, last week. So this week... We're gonna we're gonna talk about a team who's not in the playoffs. Um, they may not be in the playoffs next year either, and their number one fan is not here to defend them. So it's a perfect time to talk about them. Oh, we got, so we're either talking about the Bears or the Patriots. Then. <laughs> well, I have, well this is about the Bears, but I do have a Patriot news story for later. Okay, good. So that we'll do the Bears. We'll do my question. We'll go back to you for the Pats. All right. Okay. So the Bears. I love this. So do it live. So the rumor like, we've watched Bears games with Sean. It's kind of it's, it's sad. It's sad. It is. We've all been there where our team is terrible. We all know what it feels like. It's any the Bears the last like five or six years have been like the last five minutes of any given war movie where everything moves in slow motion. <laughs> Pretty much. So yeah. there there's a rumor going around that the Bears are going to start over a quarterback and trade Fields to the Patriots. Do you see, do you, that again, this is just a rumor, so I just want to get your thoughts on it. Do you see this happening? And do you think it will actually work for either team? I, Starting over I from scratch at quarterback again. I've been on record as saying, I don't think Fields is that bad of a quarterback. He hasn't developed as quickly as they would like. 
Right. But they also haven't had any reliable weapons around him. You want to, if you want to see how key decent, reliable talent is to a developing quarterback, you don't have to look any further than Houston. Yeah. Well, they're not very good. Tank Dell came out the gate and said, I see an opportunity. I'm going to seize it. Tank Dell went out and Nico Collins said, I see an opportunity. I'm going to seize it. They're not, I'm not saying CJ Stroud is a superstar. I'm not saying he's not. I'm saying I look at what the bears have given to him and the fact that the faces change all the goddamn time, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, And, and I I sit there and I say, there's no way this guy's going to develop a rapport with anybody because he never gets more than 16 games with any of his receivers. Yeah, so that makes sense. Allen Robinson came and went. Um, well, drank it. I'm, I'm blanking on his <laughs> name again. My favorite chief again. Byron Pringle. Byron Pringle came and went. Uh, D- um, DJ Moore's still there technically. I think DJ Moore is there, but DJ Moore is already is, is it, DJ Moore is not. And I get it. He was great in Carolina and spurts. I don't think he's that amazing of a talent that he's going to be able to do that. I mean, like, honestly, if you're starting a team right now and you've got a fresh quarterback out there, would you rather have DJ Moore or would you rather have Tank Dell, based on what we know? Uh, me, personally, I would go with Tank Dell. Exactly. Exactly. So I think part of the development issues with Fields is the Bears' front office. Now, the Bears also have an opportunity this year because they have the first-round pick from Carolina, which means they're drafting at was it one or two. I haven't even looked at the draft. Uh, they are yet. drafting... At one and three, technically. One so and you have an you have an opportunity here. And you could look at this opportunity one of two ways. You could push the reset button. I'm gonna trade fields for another number one pick, because he's young enough that he'll 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 get married a number one pick. You trade fields for number one pick, you got three one picks in the first round, and you try to rebuild around those three picks. Or you sit there and you say, Fields is not all that bad. We're gonna build around him, and you use that first and third pick to get decent talent around him. And again, that a lot of that's dependent on the draft. I don't really see a quarterback in this draft that I really want to go out and get. No, I mean, everyone says Caleb Williams is like the next coming of a great quarterback from like, but he's okay. also saying he might, he might come back to school. <clears throat> that sure do. It's really whatever his dad decides. Right. Um, but the games I've seen him play and I didn't really watch a lot of college football this this year but the, the, did I. the parts that i did see i was like there he's a quarterback what like and <laughs> i mean maybe i'm sure he's better than that since everyone is saying how wonderful he is but mm-hmm. what i the clips i saw in parts of games i saw i didn't really see anything special so as a note to those <laughs> who are listening to us on our, our normal podcast i'm actually uh streaming this live on twitch tonight too and i just got a comment that i think is really good uh, our listener HMC just said he thinks Justin Fields is better than a consensus opinion, but also thinks it's important to note that he will probably always have limitations as a passer. And I think that is an absolute great summary. Yeah, that's that's a great summary. He's better than most people think, but yeah. his ceiling is pretty low. I think I think after, you know, seeing how Lamar runs, I think that's what teams wanted and that's what they assumed Fields would be. But, but I Lamar feel... developed passing skills. Like yeah. he, he learned he did. defenses. He learned he learned defenses. He got eye surgery. And I'm telling you, compare the years before and after he got eye surgery. He's much better. Craig's, Craig's <laughs> been on this eye surgery for about six months now. It's true. It's true. I, I mean, um, I can't I can't argue with the results, right? Right. 
Um, but I think that's what teams expect quarterbacks to be now. Like if they can run at all, teams expect them to be like Amar or even Josh Allen, who is a very good runner, though he jumps very weird. But Lamar uh, Allen Mahomes. Yeah. That's what people are looking for. Those are the th- they're looking for the, the fourth name to add to that list. You know, and 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 let's as much as as much as we hate the guy for his personal life, none of this happens without Michael Vick twenty years ago, right? That's I mean, true. He did. He started the whole running quarterback thing. You know, love the guy or hate the guy. He, he, yeah, we hadn't seen quarterbacks like him before. So, all right, let's move on. Uh, my question is very easy. Mm-hmm. The NFL.com has an analysis piece entitled "NFL Free Agency." Which quarterbacks must be re-signed? Okay. This is going to be a quick hit one. I just want a yes or no, and if you feel like you need to give three or four seconds of commentary, do. But I'm just going to run down the list of you can't let them leave town. These are just the guys who, in the opinion of this analyst, must stay put. Okay. Kirk Cousins. Oh, God. Um... Jumping right in, Craig. Oh, Lord. Uh, no, 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 no. Right in. No. No? Let no. him go? Let him go. I agree. He's done too, there. What is he's too ex- he, he's you? Now he's broken. He's older. He's expensive. He argues with um, Justin Everyone. all the time. So I, I, think, I think his time in... He had his shot in Minnesota, and I think it's over now. If he didn't get hurt this year, you know, maybe it would be them in the playoffs, but I don't know. I think he in Minnesota. I, agree, I think I, he's done, especially for the money. I, I, I think, I think, yeah, exactly. For the price tag that comes on his thirty-five-year-old ass, not <laughs> worth it. Next one, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, good. I knew it. I, this is why I wanted to go with this question. I'm like the first two, just the I mean, first two off the list are gold. I mean, personally, I've wasted money on things that I. I shouldn't have. So if that's what the Buccaneers want to do, then sure. <laughs> That's true. That's true. HMC was like, Justin Jefferson would be most unhappy if they let him go and don't replace him with some competent. But I think if they're going to let him go, they think they're going to get somebody competent. Can they, that's, that's what they but think. But the problem is, the, I haven't looked. I mean, Cinch sent us those cap numbers. I don't know what they can mm-hmm. afford. Exactly. I haven't looked at the cap numbers yet. So, um, all right. Gardner Minshew. Every team should sign him. All of them. You cannot let him leave town. <laughs> all this guy does is sit on your bench until your starter gets hurt and then make you relevant. Yep. No one <laughs> expected the Colts to be relevant this year. No one. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm with him on that. Okay, we're almost done. Tyler Huntley of the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, he knows a system. He's a good backup. You need a good backup. Can't, can't let him leave town. No. Can't let him leave town. No. All right, ready for this one? Yep. Last one. Uh, you know what? Two more. Yeah. Mason Rudolph. No. It's over. Just give up. Yeah. It's Kenny Pickett sucks and Rudolph ain't saving you. Right. If anything, go out and let Rudolph walk. Go out and draft your next quarterback. Trade up if you have to because Kenny Pickett ain't it. And then change coaches and change your culture. And then maybe I can talk nice about the uh, the uh, the Steelers. I'm sorry. There is two more. Okay. Jacoby Brissett in Washington. Um, I mean, Washington might draft a quarterback. But I like Brissett to stay there if they do. Agree. So, yes. Agree. Lastly, and this oh, this one hits close to home, Jake Browning. He'd stay. Has to. He's got to stay, He's right? He's got to stay. They're switching offensive coordinators. So I think Browning has to stay. 
But you know what? This analyst says, you know, the cap situation's tight. Can they afford to make him stay? You know, let's. Let, I'm going to open up Cinch's cap numbers really quick. I, I remember. I remember you were like, <clears throat> "That's not as bad as I thought it was." So let's see. I'm just going to go yeah. over the cap while you do this, so my uh, screenshot audience screenshot is little. I don't know what the words are above his screenshots, but I think we'll figure it out. So uh, the, I can, I have it on my screen right now. It's cap okay. space, then effective cap space. And then so the Bengals money? have fifty nine million dollars, fifty nine point four million in cap space. But when you factor in bonuses and whatnot, it's really fifty three point one million. Uh, you know that's not bad. I don't think that's a bad situation at all. Your dead cap number is only one point seven million. That's not. That's that's the punter. Like, I mean, <laughs> that's and not you know bad. What? Can we can we just compare that to some other teams that are bad? The like, Titans. Thirteen point seven million dead money. Yeah, look the at Cardinals. Fourteen point one million dead money. Look One at more. The, look at the, the Giants. The Giants have eleven million in dead money. The Raiders thirteen and a half million dead money. There's nothing they can do with it. They're yep. just gonna have to eat it, eat it, and love it. That's it. But there are, I mean, so. And then uh, what's the Vikings? In, in, uh, the Vikings have three million in dead money, but they've got nineteen. They've only got nineteen million in effective cap space. Yeah, they cannot afford Kirk. That's a problem. <laughs> That's a problem. <laughs> That's a problem, kids. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's the end of that. What, what you said you had a, a news article you wanted to discuss as your second uh, hot topic. What do you got for me? Um. So it just came out today that um, the NFL, the Patriots rookie receiver played for LSU yeah. last uh, played in twenty last time was twenty twenty two. Yeah. I I could not tell you a single pe- person who played for the Patriots this year because they were <laughs> irrelevant. And now I'm probably going to pronounce his name wrong. Not true. It's Kayshawn Bouet. I Cinch can correct me. Okay. Bouet. Um, he has been accused of making thousands of illegal bets while at LSU. <sighs> Before he was even drafted. Yep. Um, he's accused of using an alias to circumvent the fact that he was 20 years old and not illegally allowed to bet on sports. He LSU placed, is 21? He placed allegedly more than 8,900 wagers and at least seventeen of them were on NCAA football games. Have we got? Have we gotten to the point with with legal betting that it's we're past the point of return with all this? Oh yeah, the genie's out of the bottle. Yeah, the genie's out of the bottle. We're never going back. It's never going to happen. <laughs> you know what's going to? I mean, again, we had an NBA referee twenty years ago involved in an yeah. absolute scandal of fixing games. He wrote a book. not just betting. What's that? Uh, he wrote a. Uh, I think he wrote a book. So we had a scandal involving a ref actively fixing games. This wasn't alleged. This was proven. Who had ties to illegal betting, had fixed games, and still the NBA, when betting came legal, was like, "All right, yeah, all right, we're good. Yeah, okay, cool. Nothing's gonna change that at this point. We the genie is out of the bottle with with betting." What the league has to do and all the leagues have to do is they have to start taking steps not to control players and officials. They need to take steps to control the ability to fix a game. And that's where you and I have been talking like the last month or so pretty regularly about how bad the officiating has been in the NFL. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. More, more More noticeable, terrible. Yes. And every time it comes up, the specter of betting looms in the background. 
Yeah. The league has to start taking a stronger stance on that. And they have to start doing things that eliminate those specters. Like, I don't know, not assigning Sean Hockley to a Bills Chiefs game <laughs> when in a small sample he calls twice as many penalties on the Bills as he does on any other team. Maybe that's an assignment I want to avoid. And don't tell me the NFL doesn't have data on it. They've got data. They just didn't bother to look at it. So, like, I think it was Cinch this week who sent us that the, the referee who's assigned to the Chiefs-Ravens uh, game, the win rate for um, road teams is like 60%. Yep. Okay, that's not a huge difference from 50%. That's not, in my opinion, statistically significant, but it's enough for people just to go, see, the league wants the Chiefs in the Super Bowl because they want to show... They want to sell Taylor Swift jerseys and <laughs> Travis Kelsey dresses. And... Yeah, that's no, I that's, that. and with like betting, like there's people that's all they talk about is like referee point, like yes. you know, points, wins, percentages. There's another like betting. Bet. Yep, exactly. They bet based on referee assignment. I mean, you know, if it's over like 70 percent, then I'd be like, oh, all right. I'll take the under if it's like 70% of the time it's the under of this game. <laughs> yes. Yes. If you have a referee who sits there and 85% of the games he pl- he calls are under 40 points and you look at the line and the line says 49 and a half, you take the under. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, HMC is talking about uh, Scott Foster games where Chris Paul plays. I haven't seen Chris Paul win 70% of the games this guy calls. Oh, but except oh, 70% of his games normally, but only 10% if this ref is assigned. See, that should be noticeable, and the league should be talking about that. Doesn't mean the league has to do something about it, but the league should say, all right, let's get our head of officiating to sit down and watch these games carefully. Let yeah. us see if there's anything. Is he consistently good in other games and bad in Chris Paul games? We should look at that. I mean, think about Major League Baseball. I will go to my grave telling you that Angel Hernandez and C.B. Buckner are the two worst uh, umpires I've ever seen behind Listen, the plate if you in want, my life. If you want to play a baseball game with a moving strike zone, they are the ones yes. to do it. Like literally yes. moving per pitch. But it moves for everyone. True. It doesn't just move for the Yankees. True. It doesn't just move for the Dodgers. It doesn't just move against the Giants. But yep. when you sit there and you say, okay, this one official... This one player only wins 10% of the games when he has a 70% win rate. He only wins 10% with this official. It's time to look at that official or look at those games more carefully. Maybe every one of those games has been on the road. Maybe every one of those games has been against a really good opponent. Maybe not. But you look at those statistics and you take it into account and you say, maybe I have to be a little bit more careful about the assignment of this crew. Or maybe I need to talk to this referee. Either way, you have to watch a situation like that more carefully. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I I still think... I don't even know if they changed it. I remember they were talking about it. Like, referees... Well, I think any referee. It should be a full-time job. We've had this conversation. I know. Not like, oh, I'm going to go be a lawyer for a week, and then I'm just going to fly to Seattle and ref a game. Like, what? Why? Why? (laughs) Yeah. All right, got to move on because we're actually running amazingly quickly through time here. Um, All right, so the games that were really quick, and then we'll look at the uh, conference championships. Games that were last week, Texans at Ravens, 10 to 34. I watched all of five minutes of this while we sat in a brewery last Saturday. It was 
It was bad, I think. It's a, it was just a bad game. I think Texans are hopefully a team on the rise. Yeah, I think CJ Shroud had he has a, had a really good year and I I don't see why he wouldn't continue it next year. So, I hope so. 49ers Packers, the Niners only win 24 to 21. I did not see this game either because I was at a hockey game, <laughs> but I I Sean was sitting next to me. And at one point I'm like, I'm like just reviewing my bets. He goes, Oh, you're looking at DraftKings. Are you betting something? And I'm like, yeah, I'm just double checking, make sure I got my bets for Packers Niners in. And he goes, is that tonight? And I'm like, yeah, in like 15 minutes. And he reaches <laughs> into his pocket and he's like fumbling to get his bets in. And then like 20 minutes later, I look over and he's like glancing into his palm. I'm like, are you watching the goddamn game? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'm watching the hockey game. And I'm like, no, you're watching the goddamn football game. So yeah. I didn't see a ton of this either, but the Packers, I feel like, represented themselves well. 21 points against the Niners. We, You and I had both said we wouldn't be surprised if the Packers won this game. I actually called them to win this game. I was wrong, obviously. But I think this game was closer than most people thought. Yeah. Um, the Packers, I feel like the Packers did what they normally do for the last three quarterbacks they've had. They go to Dallas, they beat Dallas in the playoffs, and they lose to the 49ers. So, yeah. I mean, by that logic, and if you look at Jordan Love throwing. They are on the same track they have been for the last 30 years. Yep. Which leads us to Bucks at Lions. This game was never in doubt. The Lions went out, the Bucks would pull close, the Lions would pull back to two scores, then the Bucks would pull close, and the Lions would come back to two scores. The final score was 31-23 Lions, but I don't feel like this game was ever close. I feel like the Bucks had opportunities. Yep. They just could never close the gap. And the Lions, I, I said it I said it to my boss this week, and he is so angry because for some reason he's a Giants fan, and for some reason he hates the Lions. He wants to see a, he wants to see a Niners Ravens Super Bowl. And I don't know why because he's a Giants fan. That's weird, but okay. But, yeah, it's weird. I think he wants to see different teams. But well, the Lions would be a different team. <laughs> the line, yeah, well, that's true too. Um, but I mean, this game was never a doubt. I, I just I still feel like the Lions are a team of destiny. I, I feel like. The Bucs are not that great. They were 9-8. and eight. They snuck into the playoffs in a really bad division. Baker Mayfield was much more Baker Mayfield in this game, but also tried to be a little Tom Brady near the end. You know, I don't think this game was ever in doubt. I didn't learn anything from this game that I didn't already know from either of these two teams. Uh, the same, the same. I, I titled that game Losing Bets with Baker Mayfield because uh, yeah. I had them by 6.5, and, and that didn't happen. So, yeah. 8. Yep, 8's your final. So... But yeah, I think the I think the Lions are having their uh, their Bengals moment from two years ago. Yeah, so, I hope so. We'll see what happens. I hope so. Um, Chiefs at Bills. I watched every minute of this game. This game was back and forth. There's a lot of talk about the officiating. The officiating was brutally bad. Uh, they botched a call where they got uh, Dalton Schultz for not batting a ball out of bounds and saying he batted it forward. He did not bat it forward. The same drive, frickin' uh, Allen, Josh Allen runs over the line of scrimmage by three steps, releases the ball at the 32-yard line. It's caught at the 33 as they're going <laughs> up, and there's no call for a legal forward pass, and it wasn't even close. The number of times I saw teams run to the, the line of scrimmage in this game to avoid reviews had to be at least three or four times. And that was crazy. So the officiating's bad, and I get it. People were like, there was that pass interference call late in the game that people were like, what the hell are you talking about? 
you know, and yeah, I don't, I don't know if that was pass interference, but it was definitely a pick play, but I don't think it was, it raises to the level of pass interference. But the reality is the bills had chances to win this game. They did. They did. Diggs, Diggs drops an obvious touchdown that Craig would have caught. <laughs> Tyler Bass misses a field goal wide right yeah. that would have tied the game. And even then, I don't even know if they would have won. I don't know either, but I, I, you know, I mean, for me, you know, I know what I took out of this game. First of all, it was a great game to watch. It was entertaining. Both teams played at a very high level. Both teams made mistakes. I've seen Buffalo fans scream that holding wasn't called in like 12 different instances. Guess what? I'm on the other side of the ball and I could say the exact same thing. So the bad officiating aside, both teams had chances to win this. Both teams made mistakes. But the one thing I took away from this game is there is no way that the Baltimore security should allow Jason Kelsey into their stadium. <laughs> they have, have you seen the, the, the meme train from him taking off his shirt and just roaring? No, no, I didn't. There is one where they they took the old old King Kong movie from the 30s. And they took out King Kong hanging on the Empire State. They put in Jason Kelsey. <laughs> it's literally hanging off the Empire State Building with a beer in his offhand. Uh, I mean, maybe he actually did that. So I saw a tick. I saw a Twitter video today that I think they stole from TikTok. Probably where a guy made a a guy made a cutout of Jason's shirtless Jason Kelsey screaming. Okay. And propped it on his back and then went places and posed with it. There's a picture of, of Jason shirtless Kelsey, shirtless Jason Kelsey, shirtless is not his middle name, standing at a Starbucks waiting for his coffee. It is, it's just, that's what I took away from this game. This game could have gone either way. Either way would have been fine by me. The officiating was bad, but the officiating did not determine the outcome. And that's what matters to me. Yeah. There, that That's my take on it. What do you got? I mean, I think you you summed it up pretty well. There's no, at no point in time in Buffalo should a game come down to a final kick. I'm just saying, yep. just, it should never happen again, ever. No. Uh, though, they, you, you know, know I have to say the, the death threats, I mean, oh, yeah, that's just let it go. Stupid. That's just dumb. Just let it go. Stupid. Like the dude, I guarantee you if anyone, anyone sending him death threats, tried to make a kick from three yards, they would miss. Yep. So... <laughs> Yeah, honestly, and and the I mean, one yell, thing that yell keeps... your TV, whatever, be mad for the afternoon, but fine. But death row is just stupid. And the game shifted. I can tell you exactly when I sat up and went, the Chiefs could win this game. And it was that fourth and seven or fourth and eight play that the Bills failed to co convert that gave the Chiefs the ball on their own 30. Now, granted, that's the same drive where Miko Hardman fumbled the ball through the end zone and gave it back. Yeah, the Bills but, Bills had to capitalize on that touchback, and they didn't. So, so, so they 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 get away with the really bad call. Well, the Chiefs were short a man on the field. I don't care if the Chiefs are short two men on the field. Fourth and five or less, you can do it. It was like fourth and eight. It was not short. <laughs> so you know that's that that was me. That was where in my mind that was like that is the mistake because they kept saying it. We're waiting for a mistake. We're waiting for a mistake. We're waiting for a mistake. That was the mistake, and it opened the door. Now, the Chiefs just sat there and said, no, no, after you, and gave the ball back to them, you know, and Travis blamed himself for that on his podcast. He's like, I, the, I, I got my block, and then my block broke away, and that's the guy who hit him to cause the fumble. I will still hope, you know, Miko Hardman is not the first time he's been tackled in his life. He needs to hold on to the goddamn ball. That's so true. I don't understand why the Jets didn't want him. <laughs> I wonder. 
Uh, the really quick no. though, how different do you Please. think the Bills look next year? Because I don't think oh. I don't think Stefan Diggs is going to be a Bill next year. That's me. I think I think I don't I don't know what his contract status is. Mm. Um, that I think is going to matter. I think the Bills the Bills did the Bills made the change midseason to change offensive coordinators, and it fucking mattered. It mattered. True. True. I I, I think I just I just hope the Bills aren't sacrificing virgins to the pit. <laughs> next year because it was hopefully was hopefully crazy. next year it won't be a pit by then hopefully but we'll see yeah i mean I, I don't know when this stadium is supposed to open and by the way they're building a brand new stadium and it's open air i mean it's buffalo it's gotta be in this in this modern age you're not going to build a closed stadium hold on i gotta clear my sciences i mean you think about it the stadium a stadium that big that's a lot of uh heating and cooling costs you don't need if you're outside you don't need to cool anything <laughs> Build a box with a padlock on it, and, and it, that's where you put your beer. And it literally is across the street from Speaking the old one. I know. Oh, what's your other? What's your beer other beer? Is uh, Baby Kittens by Fat Orange Cat. That's always a good one. It's a solid beer, and it's one of the cheapest IPAs on the market in the sixteen yep. ounces. Yeah, I mean, I know I say like IPAs are starting to all taste the same, but there's a few that I would much prefer over the over other ones, and that is one of them. Now, HMC just pointed out an interesting thing. Again, streaming this on Twitch as we record. Sure. He notes he notes that the downfield game kind of went away when they changed the offensive coordinator, and he's not wrong. They stopped throwing down the field a lot, but their offense became so much more effective. So yeah, much more because effective. I think I think they were trying to feed Stefan Diggs the ball so he wouldn't turn it to Keyshawn Johnson. Um, I mean, that James Cook but... like a, looked like an entirely different guy in this scheme. Yeah. And you, I... and you don't need to throw bombs as often. Now, in theory, your short game should set up the long game, right? True. You should be running a short game so much that the safeties have to come up. And because the safeties have to come up, it gives you the shots downfield. I get his point. But, I, I mean, when you're, when you're that effective, when you're facing – you have a drive, and you're only facing one or two third downs the entire drive, and both of them are third and short. You don't mm. need to worry about throwing bombs. Yeah, so that's right. All right, believe it or not, we're starting to run out of time. So let's move on to this week's games. His point's not wrong. I just think I just think Buffalo needed to make a change and, and made the change in such a way that it was beneficial for him. All right, Sunday, January 28th, 3 p.m., Chiefs at Ravens. I'm going to be quiet. I want to hear from you. What are we looking for? What are we expecting? <clears throat> Who wins? In theory... This game should be this game should be really good. Um, and, you know, against the Ravens, your key to stopping the Ravens is stopping Lamar Jackson. That's that's kind of starts and ends there. Um, so if the Chiefs, like if the Chiefs can contain Lamar, then I think they have a really good shot. If they don't and just kind of let him run around wherever, they're going to have a very hard time. I think with the Ravens. Um, I think that you know that's, if your if your defensive end lines up in the neutral zone like he does usually that yeah, might help. I don't know. Yeah. Um. <laughs> how many how many penalties do we get from Jawan Taylor? It's gonna matter. <laughs> you know. So yeah, I I think uh, I think I I have the Chiefs winning this game, but I'm also a Chiefs fan, so that's not really fair of me to say. True. I think okay. What do you think's are... gonna be What do you think gonna be the Chiefs' biggest challenge? Lamar or something else? Short yardage situations. Like on defense, or they have, to, or do you mean on offense? Yeah, both. Okay, both. Because I think I think that the Ravens are the Raven offense is virtually unstoppable in short yardage because they have so many options and so many weapons mm-hmm. in the short yardage. And Gus Edwards is like a little rolling block of thunder. 
And Dalvin Cook's there. <laughs> and Dalvin Cook's there. You know, so I, I I mean Dalvin Cook wasn't really instrumental in the Houston game, but he didn't need to be. So, you know. Um, so I, I think I think there's there's that. I think I think time of possession matters in this game. Mm-hmm. One of the things the Bills did early to try and control the Chiefs was to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field, which is what a lot of teams have tried to do. And Andy Reid is very it's it's not hard to figure out that that's what your plan is <laughs> when you're sitting there and and running like eight and nine minute drives. Your idea is you just don't want Mahomes to touch the ball more than five times because that way you can keep him under like thirty points in your mind. Um, it doesn't. It, it, but the Chiefs respond to that, and and Andy Reid plays for that in a up tempo game. Hmm. Because that what he and this is and this is again this this is what he's always done. This is not new to Kansas City. He did this in Philadelphia, which is why it was shocking that he had Donovan McNabb just strolling up the field with like twenty seconds left in the Super Bowl that they lost. <laughs> um, but it, if you want to just run a clock game, he's going to score so quickly that you are going to be worried about making mistakes. Your if ball control means you have to control the ball for the entire game. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. The Bills did a really good job of that in the first half, and not so much in the second half against the Chiefs. I don't think the Ravens can do it the whole game. I think this is going to be a freaking shootout. I don't know what the over under is on it, but I'm I'm leaning towards the over already. Okay. And I'm looking forward to Tony Romo talk, making Taylor Swift references all day. <laughs> so I'm sure he will. Damn. All right, Lions 49ers. Lions. I, I'm gonna just go. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going Lions <laughs> here. I I. I said, my boss looked at me like I was insane the other day. <laughs> he just he just happened to come by my office, and he went, who you got in the Super Bowl? And I went, Chiefs-Lions. And he went, Lions? Didn't question the Chiefs. <laughs> Questioned the Lions. Lions? I said, this is a team of destiny. And he looked at me and went, destiny? I'm like, yes. This yeah. feels to me like the Matt Stafford Rams from a couple years ago. This is just a team that's not going to be denied. Well, the 49ers, yep. Yeah, they 49ers almost are really lost fucking good. Sometimes the 49ers are so weird. Like on paper, they're very good. On the field, it's kind of hit or miss if they're good or not. <laughs> the 49ers don't win last week if if Christian McCaffrey isn't Christian McCaffrey. And it's okay True. to rely on your studs. You should rely on your studs. But Christian McCaffrey also has a tremendous injury history. He does. And didn't Debo get hurt? Debo I don't know what Debo's status is for this week. Yeah, I think he got hurt or went I to the know tent got during hurt. the game. And you know how I know he got hurt? Because he screwed my parlay. <laughs> I had a five-leg parlay, oh, and man. one of the legs was Debo, Debo Samuel, 19 and a half rushing. Over. Over 19 and a half rushing. I hit every leg of that parlay, and then Debo gets hurt. Oh, I'm like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. I got four out of five. It would have paid like 200 bucks on like a $5 bet because it was five legs. I hit everything. And I hit everything early. Like third <laughs> quarter, this was done. But Debo was already sitting in the locker room waiting for a ride. Uh, over under on the Chiefs game is 44 and a half. Oh, I think th- I got to take the over there. I think this game has got 35, 31 written all over it in my oh, mind. Oh, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to rain Sunday and be like 40 degrees. Didn't, didn't matter last week, did it? What was the final score in the Chief game with the Bills? With the shitty weather? Yeah, it was just snow. It was just cold. If it's, it's, if it's actually weather. raining during the game, then 
They scored 51 combined, combined points. Combined. Combined <laughs> I don't even for know 51. What, I don't even know what kind of accent that was. <laughs> I, I it was it was beer accent. Oh good. I, good. I, I like I like the over in Chiefs Ravens. I do. Yep. Take the over so. and then watch both quarterbacks get hurt in the first quarter. The score will be ten to four. And yes, I said four. <laughs> you know, oh my god. I, I, I do not wish ill on anybody, so I'm gonna knock on wood as I say this. I'm knocking on my desk. If Lamar Jackson gets hurt in the first quarter, even if it's minor and they're like they're holding him out, the freaking conspiracy theorists are going to come out of the woodwork. Lamar's part of it. Lamar's part of putting the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. This is all part of the <laughs> script. They're going to come out of the fucking woodwork. Do you think, I know we're, we're almost out of time, but do you think okay. do you think minutes. the Falcons regret not signing Lamar when they had the chance? Because remember, there was a whole contract thing and he was allowed yeah. to talk to other teams and the Falcons decided to not talk to him. I think the Falcons have so many holes that they can't look at that and say, what if? Yeah, fair enough. Because all right, so let's so play the what if game. They bring him there. Does he does he bring them to a championship game? I don't think so. Uh, I mean, they, you know, they I maybe they would do better in their division. I guess. <laughs> I think I think coaching matters in that case. True. I think John Harbaugh is a hell of a coach. You know, I I I I don't I don't think it would have mattered. I think it matters to Lamar. I think he did the right thing and stayed in the right place. Yeah. But I also don't bolt him for sitting there saying you know my time in this league is short i gotta make my money so speaking of time being short we are just at about at a time so craig let's move on to final thoughts this week what is your final thought going into the conference championship week uh final thoughts are enjoy football it's you know technically it's almost over so three games only three, three games, games matter. three games left you know have fun yell at your tv but don't send any death threats um and you know what just just make a seven leg parlay for a dollar just because. There. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually that was going to be, that was going to be my final thought is just, I've been preaching this all year long. Stay within your budget. You're in one of three places right now. If you're an NFL sports better or DFS player, you're either up, you're down or you're in the middle. And either way, what you're going to do for the rest of the season is take it easy because in sports betting and DFS being being even is a win. That's true. And being down means you don't want to lose any more money. That is also true. And being up means you want to be up at the end of the season. Well, I'm up 500 bucks, so I'm going to bet 250. No, <laughs> no, you're up 500 bucks. Put 50 bucks total on a game or on the weekend. That's it. That's it. Stay up. Stay up. So the other thing you could do to stay up is leave us a review wherever you've listened to us. Most likely you found us on Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't, wherever you listen to us, we'd really appreciate a review. It's the best way for the podcast to grow. You can also reach out to us. We're available at fignutsdfs at gmail.com. We're also available through Facebook. We are the Football Fignuts Podcast there. I have not checked the Twitter account in so long. I don't even know if it's still active. So I'm going to leave it there. That's, that's fair. I enjoy that. That's fair. All right, Craig, <laughs> another week in the books. We will be off next week, just like the league. And then we'll be back the Wednesday before the Super Bowl to do our Super Bowl spectacular. Dun dun. So spectacular. It's a spectacular. So, all right, cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, everybody. We really appreciate it. Thank you to everybody who joined us on Twitch. Thank you to everybody who listens to this podcast regularly. We really appreciate it. We will see you in two weeks. Until then, my name is Britt. I'm Craig. And we are the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. Oh, and hi, Deb.